You're listening to The Man Maker Show. Welcome to Season 1 with your host, Brad Walgamont. This podcast is all about becoming a better man for ourselves and the people around us. So if you enjoy this episode, whether you're on your way to work or mowing the lawn, make sure to share this with somebody, like, and subscribe. Well, I hope you're ready, because here we go. Welcome to the Manmaker Show. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying these. Welcome to another episode of the Manmaker Show. I'm here to go a little deeper on the subject of mastery. Probably talk about it in a small way every single week, but today I'm going to talk to you about the four stages of mastery. The first time I heard this was a number of years ago by a dear friend of mine down in Las Vegas. We worked on some projects together and he shared this with me and it really sunk in that oftentimes I might be missing it. Mastery being the goal of anybody that lives in the pursuit of excellence really is kind of a misnomer because mastery basically means that there's no more room for improvement. And I think that there's always room for improvement. I don't care who I've listened to, from musicians to athletes to professors, they always say we'll never know it all. It's really about understanding that we don't know as much as we think we know and so to be in the pursuit of it. So the four stages of mastery simply put are levels of understanding about our position in terms of mastery. The first step being unconscious incompetence. The level of unconscious incompetence basically means you don't know that you don't know. We've all run to people like this, right? They wanna spout off about all they know and the fact is they really don't know. They just hate to ever admit that they don't know. And while I can appreciate people being confident and bold about their knowledge base, there aren't many things more irritating than someone acting like an expert when truly they're not an expert especially when you know better. And if you have a good self-image, and as my pastor, uh, Bill Johnson, would say, if you can afford it, meaning if you have the self-image and just let them ram along, it, people expose themselves quite quickly. And so oftentimes allow people to just go with it when I know that they really don't know, but this in, unconscious incompetence is a very dangerous place to be. It's things that you don't know about yourself. You don't know that you don't know. It's kind of like having a piece of lettuce in your teeth or something worse, right? It's about um, trying to explain something and yeah, I really have no idea, so you just kind of make it up. It's a very dangerous place. And unfortunately, it's a place that you can't really grow from. It's a place where you gotta get stuck. You just don't know what you're supposed to learn. When we, I love to play golf. And if I hit a golf shot, I hit it down the middle, I'm like, yeah, nice shot, awesome. But if I hit a left, I go, why'd I hook it? Or if I slice it, why'd I, why'd I go right, what happened? I ask questions when I fail. So you move into the second level of mastery and that's conscious incompetence. And I think this is the healthiest place to be. And in fact, from this point forward, I would hope that I will always have some, uh, some conscious incompetence in me. I hope I will always be aware that I don't know at all. It's a very powerful place to be. When you're in this mode, you read more, you listen more, you study more. You're more humble, you're more grounded. You know that you don't want all at all. So you try to surround yourself with people that are more knowledgeable than yourself so you can gain from them. You can listen, you can learn, you can apply. If I'm in this unconscious incompetence and I get around people that are smarter than me or have done more than me, my self-image kicks in. And I get, my, my low self-image gets kicked in. And I get defensive or I get withdrawn or I get shy. And that's never a place to be. But when you're in this conscious incompetence mode of life, what that allows you to do is become hungry in a place where you don't know. 
When I'm consciously aware that I'm incompetent, instead of withdrawing, I lean in because I see that as an opportunity to learn more, to connect more, to learn things I don't know. And every opportunity we get a chance to do some life, we should take it. Every time we get a chance to meet with someone, talk with someone knows more about a subject than us, we should take it. Why? Because knowledge is power. And the more I know, the more I can apply in my life. I get around a lot of people in my life from coaches to my pastor who know way more than me about many subjects and I become a student. It doesn't matter if I'm older or more wealthy or whatever. None of that matters at all. What I want to know is in this particular area, if you've achieved a level of mastery, I want to know what you know. Because if I know what you know, then maybe I can add value to you. Maybe I can add value to others. Or it's just all good for me. The next level is called conscious competence. And conscious competence is kind of what I call the uh-huh stage. Uh, if you've ever um, learned to drive a stick shift, which unfortunately a lot of people today have not learned how to do it, you should. But if you remember when you were learning it, I don't care if it was on a motorcycle or a car, you were very herky-jerky, you know, releasing the clutch, hitting the gas while maintaining the brake. If you're on a hill, you know, you kind of jerk and jerk and you over rev it and slow it. You've all been there, hopefully, if you haven't. Then go figure it out. Go get a motorcycle and pop the clutch a few times and do a wheelie or burn out or just kill it or embarrass yourself. It's, it's fun. But it, there's a t there comes a time when you start getting how to feather the gas and the clutch. And eventually, you can do it on a steep hill and be totally confident. You reach that conscious competence. You're so good at it now that you can be looking in your mirror, you could be working on your you know, radio station or what have you, you could be having a conversation with your friend and still feathering the clutch and shifting. Before that, you're like, oh my gosh, this is way too much to think about. <clears throat> I've tried to learn the guitar several times. And uh, I have some very good friends that are amazing at it. And I'm like, I feel like I need two or three brains, separate brains to learn to play guitar. I need one for my left hand, and I need one for my right hand, and then I need one to maybe sing a, a tune or two. And guys that can just unconsciously play the guitar and sing a song, and yet still I've asked them, think about the crowd and how they're experiencing and how they're interacting, and are you reaching them with your music, that literally you get to a point where you're in this unconscious competence. In other words, you're at a point where you can do things without consciously thinking about it. When it comes to music, that's an obvious one. When it comes to sports, I can remember learning how to hit a tennis and how to totally change my grip and change the form and change the follow-through. And I mean, this feels so awkward, but to a point where you can do it automatically. <clears throat> now, when you're in that season, it's important that you still maintain your conscious incompetence because even at upper levels of mastery, there's so much more to learn. And that's why it's important to never let go of that conscious incompetence. Always be seeking more. If you want to be a man, you want to be a man maker, you don't ever want to arrive. You always want to be in the, in the place of seeking and learning and advancing yourself. If not, you're going to get bored or you're going to become boring. Because I don't think great people want to be around people that are not in the pursuit of greatness and the a component of being in the pursuit of greatness is being aware that you don't know everything. There's also a sense of humility to go about it because we can learn a little bit from everybody and anybody. There were years ago, I was uh, working on getting a black belt in martial arts and I didn't make it. I, I gave up, let me put it that way. I didn't pursue it. I didn't have the passion for it and I never got it. But it was interesting when I was talking to a martial artist who had been a second degree black belt or something like that, and now he was instructing. And I said, uh, how long did that take? And he goes, I don't know. 
It, it didn't matter. And I remember asking my, my uh, martial arts instructor, how long would it take me to black belt? And he goes, well, that all depends on you. That's all gonna depend on your hunger, your hours, some of your ability, but really it's about a desire to constantly be getting better. And I asked him, so what's it like? And he goes, black belt is like graduating from high school. It's like it's taught you how to learn. It's taught you the basics, but it's introduced you to a whole new world of learning and breakthrough. That it's just, it's just now from high school, you go to college, and now you can get a real education. You can go out and get your master's or your PhD or what have you. It's just the beginning to really learning how to learn. And I, I think that, that moving into that conscious competence is like graduating from high school. I've learned that I can learn. I've learned that there are things I don't know that I can learn. Once you learn that you can develop skills in areas that you had no skill, you can take that and apply it to anywhere. And as a man, as a father, these are critical. I think a lot of young people, for some reason, think it's a sign of weakness if you don't know a lot. And I don't know if that's because of Google or if that's because of social media pressure or what have you, but I'm gonna promise you, I think there is greatness in humility. There is greatness in conscious incompetence and conscious competence. And then there's always a great thing about being in that unconscious competence where I got this, I got this, but not only do I have it, I'm gonna stay with it. They say that mastery takes 10,000 hours. Now that's kind of fascinating to me because if you work a 40 hour week, 50 weeks, you got 2,000 hours. That's five years full time to master something. I don't think there are many people that are willing to put that kind of time in. I would guess if you're developing something and I'm talking mastery, typically it's a, a, a side thing. It's like, I don't know, learning to do something like a sport or an instrument or a language. You might work on it two or three hours a day. So two or three hours a day, right? It's gonna take 15, 20 years to get mastery. And yet some people get frustrated because they're not really good at something in three months or six months or one season. In reality, if you're ever gonna get to a point where you're unconsciously competent, you're gonna have to put in thousands of hours. Look forward to that. A life of excellence is a journey. It's a process that probably never ends. Be excited about that. Be in that mode where like, I've come to a place where I know that I don't know, there's so much I wanna learn. You develop a deep fascination for life, a deep fascination for people, a deep fascination for art and for languages and for music and sports. When I see someone that's incredibly good at something, I, I, I'm aware of the time it took to get there. I've coached some incredible athletes. I've won national championships with kids in the baseball world, world championships as a matter of fact. And it's interesting to see a 12 or 13 year old think they've all of a sudden got it figured out. When I started coaching 14, 15, 16, they were much more difficult to coach than 11, 12, 13s. 11, 12, 13s were in this conscious incompetence. They know they don't know, they're getting better, they're getting better, and then all of a sudden they win a state championship and a regional championship, a national championship, and all of a sudden they realize they're one of the best in the country. Some of the kids I've coached have made hundreds of millions of dollars in professional baseball. They are at the top of the game. They are unconsciously incompetent, but what will keep them at the top of the game is they keep a, a, a sense of that conscious incompetence. They're, they're confident, but competent. They're humble and hungry. This is a big part of mastery. This is a big part of being a man. A man doesn't mean you know it all. A man doesn't mean you can do it all. 
A man maker is someone that's in the process of developing mastery and recognizing it might take a lifetime. It's why they say that grandpas are better than, fa than fathers. Grandparents have a patience. They've had a chance to have 10,000 hours of mastery raising their own kids and their kids have kids that are finally hopefully a good parent. Not always, of course, but typically grandparents are more patient, more gentle, they slow down, they get it because they've been there already and done it. And yet they're still in the process of learning and developing. I'll talk later in another episode, but I saw an example of called Four Window Panes of Life. And a lot of this has to do with mastery. There are things that you know about you and I know about you. That's like color of your skin, color of your eyes, etc. There are things that you know about you that I don't know about you. And these are your secrets. These are your issues. These are your histories. I've only known you so long, so that's part of your life. Then there's things that I know about you that you don't know about you. And this is the area that people need to move in when they want to learn the mastery is what is it about me that I don't see that you see? What is it about my behavior? What is it about my presence? What is it about my attitude? What is it about my work habit? Trust me, folks, if you can be hungry in this area, then you'll be blown away how much your trajectory changes. We talked about four areas of life to add value in order to be promoted and have greater opportunity. This is what I'm talking about, is being in a place where you're so hungry to learn so that you can be aware of things you, things you don't know. Have you ever wondered why we can't smell our own breath? Why can't I smell my armpits? Although I think I can. <laughs> why can't we always, why, why does someone that really has bad body odor not know it and recognize it? When everybody around is like, oh my God. Why is it that someone's annoying in their communication style, always talking, doesn't know that they're annoying? Why is it that people that have a behavior that is uncomfortable and awkward for other people, why don't they know it? It's, it's because we are unconsciously incompetent about errors of life. And if we can get this third window pane of life where there's things that I know about you that you don't know about you, and you can stay in that position with people that love you, then they can give you honest feedback. And honestly, you, we all need people in our life that are gonna tell us what we don't know that we need to know about ourselves. And if we don't have people in our life, they have a bunch of yes men. I've sat on the board of a couple of companies where the leader surrounds himself with yes men. That everybody there would just agree with everything this man said. And if you challenged him, you were like a horrible person. Who are you to, to challenge this person? You should be casted off the badlands. I'm like, then I don't need to be here because I'm not here to be told everything. I'm here as a board member to give feedback and input and thoughts. And I've earned the right to be here. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I do have a brain that works. And if you're threatened and challenged by my thoughts, then what am I doing here? I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. But when we live in this hungry place of adding value and being valuable, you have to be able to receive that. And these people could not receive it. If I've ever been in a mode where I have people around me, I want people that will remind me, hey, Brad, no, that's not accurate. Or, yeah, you're kind of being a jerk about that. Or maybe you need to back off that position. I don't need yes men in my life. I love having people around me to help my self-image, of course. But it doesn't help me as much as it would if someone would help me. Now, on the other side, if I had people all they did were critical, 
that's a different story. And that's going to deteriorate your self-image. We need people that first and foremost say, I love you. You matter. I see you. That is not for sale. There is no negotiating on my relationship with you. However, there are some things that you're probably not aware of. And only a friend would tell you you've got a piece of lettuce in your teeth. Only a friend would tell you because you know that their intent is love. Their intent is grace. Their intent is excellence. Their intent is to help you. But if we are not in a place of conscious incompetence, we're not approachable. We're not coachable. No one can really get with us to tell us we don't know. And I'm promising you, I, I would say, maybe I'm stretching, maybe I'm not. I'm just kind of off the cuff right here, that this is probably the leading problem with the development of people in the world. Is they're conscious, they're unconsciously incompetent, afraid to move into conscious incompetence and fear that they won't look a certain way. So they never get into conscious competence and they certainly never get into unconscious competence. And that's why they've just got mastery. Have you ever been around someone that has the most amazing people skills that people just love being around them? They just have this charisma. They're unconsciously competent in that area. Have you ever been someone the opposite? They're unconsciously incompetent. If I could give you something I would encourage you to work on, that is to be in a humble mode. How, how do people display themselves as being consciously incompetent? By the number of questions they ask, by how they receive it. Do they take notes? Do they journal? Do they ask for clarity? I am famous for carrying a notebook and a journal. It's a very important part of my life. And if I have someone that I have a chance to listen to on a regular basis, I always have a notebook and I'm always taking notes. Why? Because I am conscious that I don't know it all and I've been around people that do know it and I wanna learn it from them. Can you do that? My call to action for you, get a notebook and start writing down questions when you're not around people so that when you get around them, you've got your questions ready. I can remember many years ago in the early days of development when I had a chance to be around some really influential people in my life business-wise. And I would ask them, hey, can I give you a ride to the airport? Hey, can I, can I, ride to, can I give you a ride to a business appointment? I'm like, sure, okay. I don't like to drive that much. And I'd get in the car and I'd have a recording device and a notepad. And I'm like, I got a couple questions. Do you mind if I ask you? And they'd be like, no, cool. And I'd begin to ask questions when I had that time. I, I showed that I was a go-getter. I was hungry. I wanted to learn. I was going to inconvenience myself to get with them, to ask some questions. And as a result, I probably got their best advice because I was making the extra effort. But what I would do is before I'd ever have an opportunity, I'd write down this question or that question and have a constant running series of questions. That way, if all of a sudden an impromptu opportunity came up where I could get around something, ask some questions, boom, I had my questions right there and I could go for it. Know that opportunity presents itself to those that are ready, right? When the, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Make yourself a student so that when the teacher's there, you're ready. It's amazing how because you're hungry, call your reticular activating system or something, but something activates that all of a sudden, it seems like everybody's a teacher. Everybody knows something. You know this deep fascination for people and you wanna know what's going on in their head and their heart and so you start asking questions before you know it. You've developed some incredible insights. So these four window panes, the things you know about you that I know about you, 
the things that you know about you that I don't know about you, the things I know about you that you don't know about you. And then the last window is what I don't know about you and you don't know about you. And that's, that's the fascinating part of life. That's the place. You don't even know that you have a talent. You don't even know where life will take you. You don't even know what part of the world you're gonna be in. You don't know, but it's incredible. And life has such a promise. And there's so much favor in your life. There's so much available to you if you place yourself in a position to stay hungry, pursue mastery. Because you don't know what you don't know about where you're going. And when you know that there's a promise of greatness in your life, then guess what? Incredible opportunities will come to you. They'll, they'll be drawn to you. Great opportunities are looking for great people. If you become great people, great opportunities come looking for you. It's that old saying, the harder you work, the luckier you get. What does that mean? That means the more you're prepared, the more the teachers appear. And if you can stay in this hungry, humble, grateful mode of conscious incompetence, in the pursuit of conscious competence in unconscious competence, then great things will come for you. I've spent most of my life in this mode. When I've gotten in trouble, when I've made mistakes, is when I moved on to unconscious incompetence, started making decisions on my own, making mistakes, doing things that cost me dearly because I was outside of counsel. I was not in submission or trust to a higher power or a human authority that could help guide me in making quality decisions. Just don't do it. It's the most dangerous place to be is when you're moving an unconscious incompetent and you are your own counselor, the only counselor, and as a result, you're only as smart as what you know and you just don't know enough. That's why these major corporations have board of directors. They're smart, they built it, they know the company better than anybody, but they need perspective, they need wisdom. A man of many counselors is wise in all his ways. What does that mean? That means a COL, a council of leaders around you, speaking to your desire of conscious incompetence in the pursuit of excellence. I hope that wasn't confusing because that's a lot of conscious, competent, con <laughs> it's a lot to it, but I think if you get a chance to dig in, what I'm trying to say is stay hungry, stay humble, stay grateful, and seek excellence. In doing so, your chances of having breakthrough, of creating wealth, prosperity, great health, great marriage, great parenting, great community involvement, hunger, humble, helpful. Hope that makes sense. See you soon on another episode of The Man Maker Show.